You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Super Bowl edition of the Aftermath Podcast. Woo-hoo! I am your host, Christopher Tenpenny, joined by my co-host, my friend, CJ Jones. CJ, it is a great day. I, 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 great doesn't even describe it, but it is a great day to be a Chiefs fan. An impeccable, immaculate, amazing, another victory Monday, my friend. Championship Monday, Super Bowl winning Monday. We're going to have a parade on Wednesday, y'all. Y'all do remember that, right? That's parade. And the weather today, Chris, pristine. Chef's kiss. Perfect day, like 60 degrees, sunny weather. Can't see it. Didn't look beautiful. And it couldn't be even more better on a day. We're now three-time Super Bowl champs. Couldn't even feel any better, my man. Right, right. And, and the weather's supposed to be good in, uh, in Kansas City Wednesday, too, right? Absolutely. I think it's the high that day, like 48, which is the complete opposite of right, the last Super Bowl. Right, last one, it was bitter cold. So oh, like my God. 48. I couldn't feel my feet. So this is going to be so nice to just have fun and just actually enjoy the weather. It's going. I expect, like, twice as many people to be there. So it's going to be Oh, yeah. Fun. And it was crazy the first time, too, even though, you know, Absolutely. they have those pictures that trying to do just as otherwise. But we don't need to talk about that. We <laughs> talk about how, again – Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas, and Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs get their second Super Bowl. And honestly, like, one of the Ooh. best Super Bowls, just, you know, objectively, period. You know, high scoring, Great close game. the whole way. Like, like, I mean, man, just overall, like, I don't, there's so many things that different talk about. Just like, where do you even want to begin when discussing how the Chiefs were able to win this ballgame? It's just so many things that happen, so many emotions, like you said, Chris. I guess we could just start with, I guess the resilience of this this team overall, like everything mm-hmm. that could go wrong in the first half went wrong. They won time of possession. They kept us off the field. We didn't really have a chance to really get as many stops as we wanted to, obviously because they just kept getting first downs. We hurt ourselves with penalties. And then on top of the fact, Pat twisted his ankles. We were kind of worried about that in that moment. So everything that was working in the Eagles' favor, they, they executed their game plan to perfection in that first half. So to come out in the second half, and thankfully it's a little longer given the Rihanna performance. Shout out to her. She did a great job. And she yeah, was wearing red, too. So she picked right, up. Right, she knew. So, <laughs> um, but no, the, the way we came out of the second half flying and the energy we had, I could tell a lot of guys said it in the postgame. There was never any doubt. Everyone know what job we had to do. We just had to get the ball in our hands and just give the ball to 15. And like Chris, like you said, the rest is history after that. There's really nothing more we can say about him now. Like, we ran out of common, running out of words to say. So, <laughs> Right, right. You, I almost just stick with the, the normal one just because, I mean, you could go on and on. I, and I felt it was weird, like – when looking on social media during halftime, it felt like all of the national media and all of the, you know, the announcers and whatnot were like, oh, Chiefs fans are worried, Chiefs, you know, or Patrick Mahomes' ankle. And But on the actual fan bases and myself personally, you can tell me how I felt if I'm reading this wrong, but I didn't really feel like the fan base as a whole was really all that worried about Pat's ankle. Like, it kind of was just like, yeah, it looked bad, you know, maybe just like, We'll see how it is. But for the most part, I had no doubt in my mind that he was going to come back out and ball. No, the way I saw him run off the field, it was kind of right. like the first one he did there at the Jacksonville game when he actually injured it was way worse. So obviously <laughs> he retweaked it. And anytime anybody touches it or twists it in that type of motion, it gives you pause for concern. But he got up immediately and jogged off the field. And then when I saw him at halftime, right. he was like run, walking normally with a slight limp. And then after halftime, he just looked normal in the second half. So right. obviously it, it caused pause for concern. But 
like 15 said all week, nothing's going to keep him off that field. Yeah, and that's yeah. why I'm with you. I wasn't doubting because I know he's not leaving the game. Like exactly. Did. Unless his leg's falling off, he's no reason he's going to leave this football game. So that's why I had no doubt that he's going to keep playing. So I'm with you, Chris. Does the whole ankle thing add to like his legacy? Does it not really matter? Like he's just great. He's you know regardless. Like or does the ankle add that little bit? You I know, kind of that's for you. Blue game. You know, every all these greats have. So, so. Play, these are his playoff stats. <clears throat> 72 of 100, 72 completion percentage, 700 yards, <laughs> seven touchdowns, no picks. Yeah. All on a high ankle sprain. Talk about guts. Okay. Right. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a nice little boost to the legend that already is Patrick Mahomes when you and read that. Those right. numbers are crazy regardless. With 72 completion percentage? Jesus Lord. You're supposed to be going up against, you know, and this was an up year for defense. I know the Chiefs didn't really have to, outside of the Eagles, which were ranked one, but getting there, it wasn't like yeah. they were top. 15 top 10 defenses i should say but like mm-hmm. this was a really good year statistically for defenses offense was as down as it's been in like eight nine years or something crazy like that absolutely you play and then the league, go through the- the, well, arguably one of the best dcs in the league right now for cincinnati you played the best most sack team in the, in the nfl with the eagles with 78 sacks this year yeah both their coordinators are probably going to go get head coaching jobs if they decide to take them so back to back weeks with two elite defenses and patterson went out there like eh let's do it yeah, and his only turnover was a ball that slipped out of his hand the whole playoffs. <laughs> exactly. And if that even counts, like, I'm like, okay, we'll give it to you. That man is crazy. And it's funny how it always feels like somehow still the most underappreciated part of Patrick Mahomes' game is his running ability. And it's been magnitude with the high uncle sprint, as it should. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. But why is it always the runs in the playoffs that are the best plays? It's because teams just, when it gets to third down or fourth down in like crunch time, Teams don't like to play zone. Obviously, it gets elite quarterbacks because you don't want them to – it's easier to get a free release and find a hole. So you play man to try to jam a receiver and mm-hmm. to give them more time or try to slow down their timing. And Pat just reads it like, okay, everybody's back is turned to me. You're all facing that way. So yeah. I can just make a way through a hole. He looked at Hassan Reddick like a, like just a high went- moment just said, hey, and then just took off. <laughs> yeah, I was making the little like tr- – like because that's what it looked like. He was like taking little steps to like make sure that he was like not, you know, kind of limp, not necessarily limping, but you know, running awkwardly because of the ankle through it and like was still able to get what was it, 26 yards. And, and long, he has the most rushing in uh, Super Bowl history. I think he passed us. Uh, uh, was it Joe Montana today? For quarterbacks, yeah, he passed them for quarterbacks today. Uh, I didn't crazy. even catch that stat. There's so many things going on, I did not even see that one because he, like, like, he has the most rushing. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> It was oh my gosh, and like, it, and again, it's not even this game. You know, there was the Titans game, obviously, where he has the maybe the best play of his career. That was a run. The first touchdown he ever scored in the Super Bowl was a run. He had the run against the Bengals to set up the game-winning field goal. Like, <laughs> think of this man's best plays, and he's always doing something with his legs. And like, yeah, I'm always sitting here like, man, he did it again. Like, did it again, and we all know it. Like at the end, when it's postseason time, where it's a big game. Teams are going to play man. We're like, Pat's eventually going to run the ball. It's not a whole mm-hmm. lot. I think his rushing prop was probably like not even 19 and a half yards. Right. So if you played it, you easy cleared it. Because like you like Chris said, when it's money time and it's the end of the game, teams play man against Pat. And once he realizes it, like most elite quarterbacks do, you've got to find a seam. You find a seam, even with a bad ankle, still took off for 24 yards. Like Chris said, this, I, and even that um, that drive before, he slipped in the middle of the field mm-hmm. trying to get up the field. Then he obviously slid to the right of the pocket and ran down the sideline on that one. So. He put it all on the line, man. Even a high ankle sprain or not, he like he said, nothing's going to keep him out of this game and keep him off the field. And to do all these big runs, like Chris said, we know it's coming, but it's crazy. We talk about these more, right? The natural like throw that Kelsey was on the money. Oh, it was Throwing beautiful. Through Justin Watson rolling to his right, like crazy throw that he just does routinely. Mm-hmm. Like more with like, oh, that's just Pat. 
Right, like, right. Anybody else would be like, whoa. I'm like, bro, that's not an easy <laughs> just <drug."> Pat, yeah. <laughs> just Pat being Pat. We do have to talk, though, about Jalen. Because that man balled out for Hell the Eagles. I mean, he – I I I said I had I had some doubts as far as what Me he too. could do down the field. You know, when I knew about his legs, I knew he was smart, good leader. I did not think he was going to be able to throw the ball down the field effectively, and I I couldn't have been more wrong. I mean, he every throw didn't matter if it was a fifteen yard throw, a fifty that yard throw. throw. That was, oh, that was the best throw of the night for me. Oh that yeah, yeah. I thought Steve picked it when it left right his here. hands. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a pick. He was just right over his hand. He was just nearly flawless. Absolutely, and Great that's and and the nearly there is one of the, the big reason why the Eagles lost the game. You have Patrick Mahomes on the on one side who maybe statistically didn't quite match up with with Jalen, but like just made every right, just did not make a bad throw. There was only one throw, and it was like that flip to Jody when Jody slipped on the ground. Like mm-hmm. that was even remotely like maybe that was a bad decision. That was the worst play Mahomes made. That was it, Jalen. Jalen fumbled the ball in uh, number 32. Big old Nick Bolton picked that up and housed it. it. And that was the difference in the ball game. You play a flawless, near-perfect game, but you made one mistake. The other guy made zero, and you lose by three. Hey, that changed the game right there. And we said it this week. Nick Bolton have a master class. He's going to have a big opportunity to change his game because they want to run the football and get your linebackers involved in coming downhill. And for everybody to be on their keys and – it was hilarious because all week we were hearing about the film breakdown, Chris. Mm-hmm. And everyone kept telling me how if they're confusing Fred Warner, how is Nick Bolton going to keep up? I'm like, well, for one, respectfully, our quarterback is not a four stringer like the Niners. No shots. I'm not trying to be mean. So we're actually going to be able to score. And two, you just saw a whole week of the Eagles being able to run the football on a team where they weren't be able to stay on the field. And most because of the fact the Niners are such heavily dependent on their defense. We needed our defense to play great. Obviously, they gave us 35 points. And it, like we said, congrats to the Eagles because they had a great game, game, game plan. They execute, executed it to perfection. But when you have a defense like us, we've been so opportunistic this year with getting turnovers. And it really should have been two because that Miles Sanders catch hit was kind of debatable because I think he caught it. But I understand the football move part. But that's for another talk for another day. But to go out there and obviously they were on the field for, what, 35 minutes? Like literally almost three quarters of football. They were on the field for forever. So for them to be out there that long and – I know they were tired. I know they were hurting. And we had a couple of offsides and a couple of jumps. But for them to make the plays, they had to. Um, Juan Thornhill coming up with a big PBU, that changed the game as well. Um, there was a lot of opportunities that our defense had a chance to fold. They could have folded a lot during that during that game. They could have been frustrated and let them just keep running at the score. But we didn't. Got stops when we needed to. And I can't say enough about Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. Probably maybe the best game of his career. He was flying every every time Jalen Hurts pulled the ball, Willie was on him. He was right there. Yeah. Every time he pulled it. And that was yeah. my biggest matchup. But I think he's faster than Jalen and he showed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the linebackers playing critical, including uh you no know one's talking about Leo Chanel. He played Leo, as most as, today. Yeah. yeah, he played as yeah. much as I've seen him play in a long time because of how Philly's offense works. And mm-hmm. he he was probably as as good as some of these defensive rookies have been in the secondary and with Cook and whatnot. He was probably the best. Rookie defender in the exactly. Super Bowl, yeah, like, like at least in the conversation, like, and he's he's like one of the last ones we talk about to just <laughs> show how deep this class is. So the linebackers came out and played. You, they did get got a couple times when they retired. Like I noticed, there were a few, there were a few options that uh, Jalen Burton Nick on because the big man was just too tired to go out there. Okay. And chase him. But like outside of that, man, lineback, I think linebackers are 
becoming less and less relevant by the year. But they're a huge reason the Chiefs were able to, like, I don't want to say limit because they still scored 35 points. But, you know, not, not let it get away when it was a 10-point game. No, absolutely. They did their job. And that's, and, that's, and that's the tough point about – I was telling my friends this during the game. It sucks when you get a scoop and score or any kind of defensive touchdown yeah. because you, you score, guessed. but guess what? You got to go right back out there. So you're like, we just scored a touchdown. I know you don't get a break because go right back out there. Right, right. Like, we ain't got no subs for you. And everybody was pressured. Like, why are we still giving up yards? I'm like, they just scored a touchdown. What do you uh, I'm like, they didn't get a break. They literally got a cup of Gatorade, and you're going right back out there. So it's, right. uh, it's a double-edged sword when you score a defensive touchdown. We could have did it twice. Man. And honestly, if Nick Bow would have done that – Chris, he probably would have been MVP. I ain't he would have been. He would have been. I would. I would have been mad if he wouldn't. If Cooper scores in the NFL in the Super Bowl, yeah, you would have had to give it to him. Not even gonna lie. No, it was. It was awesome, and you know, Nick Bolton's in his second year and already making an impact. Another second year player who's yes, new to the Chiefs who had a big impact was a uh, old number nineteen Kadarius Tony with the longest return in Super Bowl history. Dude, I'm not, there, have you seen that picture of where there's like the five eagles around the 30-yard line around him? He's and just, he like, just like busts out of it and takes off down the field. I mean, that that trade is just – we were both high on it when it happened, but it just <laughs> looks better and better. And, better and, better and, it's like, and I know there's frustration with his injuries, and obviously I think this offseason will be good for him. Maybe he can get in with our training staff and our coaching staff. Maybe he could work with Bobby, uh, maybe give him some tips as past trainer. Hopefully he can get some way to maybe keep him on the field a little bit longer because we want to see him play at least 10 games. Yeah, That'd be my goal that's for all him. I'm really caring. Give, give me 10 games, bro. You don't need to play all 17. Give me 10. Mm-hmm. Give me 10, I'll take it. So um, He's so dynamic in the, in the games he plays. He literally him. stopped and put his foot in the ground, <laughs> cut back, and then ran like an extra 20 yards just to get to the sideline, and everyone flowed to the right side of the field. That's how mm-hmm. crazy that cut was. Because mm-hmm. once he started cutting back right, nobody was over there. And I was like, no, no. no. And then he just ran down the side of Marcus Kemp with a hustle of the year. Gave him a great, oh, yeah, great block. block. Him and Jody. Jody, Noah, all great blocks on punt return. So shout mm-hmm. out to Dave Toad. That was a great return. But more so like KT, just like you said. That's just yeah. one of the best. That's not one of the best dynamic players in the league. When he gets the ball in his hands, you make a cut like that. Everybody went that way. And then he just mm-hmm. went back right. And then he just killed it down the sideline. He almost scored. He was just tired, though. I could tell towards the Oh, he was exhausted. 65 was yards, you know, just straight yards, not including the back and forth and yeah. the navigating. And someone was saying it was Dante Hall-esque, in which, like, it kind of looked like it. But the cuts, Dante Hall can't do those, couldn't do those cuts. The 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 way that he juked out those five guys, Dante was a little bit – yeah, yeah, he was just quick. He was, you know, that yeah, it was. He thinking he broke his own leg the way he yeah. got there so much. I'm like, how did he? Do-? You look at the picture. I'm like, is his leg broke? Like, no, that's just him. That's <laughs> just how he did it. Yeah, he's he's an animal. And then catches a touchdown, a wide open touchdown. Shout out to the enemy with the play exactly. call. Yeah, that was awesome, man. <laughs> Hearing that the corn dog the- is what we're calling that. Yeah, horn corn dog. Corn dog yeah, corn dog. corn dog is the new wasp this year. We got right? wasps. We got ring around the rosy, and we got corn dog. Corn dog, yeah. Corn, corn dog is the new wasp, and like. You know, to hear that it was caught on film from a Jaguars game, and I haven't heard the full story. I don't know if it was actually Doug Peterson that pointed it out or if it was just good film watch, you know, yeah. since there's that relationship. But regardless of how it got to the Chiefs, the enemy coming out and being like, hey, we got them if they come out and, and, and run man here. They're over-pursuing. And they did it twice. And you know what was awesome about it was that, they just – it sounds so simple, but they just reversed the field. They knew they weren't, weren't going to get Slay on it again. They knew they'd already gotten Slay once and that right. Slay being a Wiley vet wasn't going to get it on again. They're like, let's go see how much Maddox was paying attention. Run it to Sky Moore on the left side, and it works just as well. I mean, it was awesome. 
I mean, that was just incredible. That's just like that's classic play calling. Like like people say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. To go back to the well in the same play, same spot, just flip it and run on the other side is master class by Andy. And I saw that a lot this year. And Chris, the, the craziest play of the game for me was the first touchdown of the game when Kelsey scored. They literally put Epps, their fourth string corner, oh, on the it. best, arguably the best pass catcher. Well, he is the best this year because we won the Super Bowl. The best pass catcher in football was Travis Kelsey. And they put their four string corners or defend DB in that in that scenario to line up in the red zone on money down. I'm like, are you serious? I was expecting because what did we say all week? Bradbury was going to be on them. Uh-huh. Maybe CJ Garner Johnson, Maddox at some point. Those are their three best corners that they were they're comfortable playing in the boundary or to like in slot purposes when it's short yardage. Mm-hmm. They had a guy that barely got any snaps right. on big time receiver this year covering the our number one target and option, and he cooked them like that. I was just so shocked to see him. I'm like. This is the first trip in the red zone, and you got him on 87? I know you had a jersey on all week. This is the guy you got covering him? I said, oh if, that, if that's how the game plan is going to be, we're going to cook you every day in the red zone if you're going to do that. Right, and they did. Every time they got in the red zone, they absolutely, absolutely cooked the Eagles. And, like, what was cool about it, too, was the same route that uh, Kelsey ran against Buffalo last year in oh, overtime. <laughs> so it was the exact same route. I, I don't know if it was the exact same play, like, formation-wise, but mm-hmm. it was the exact same route where Travis motioned in, runs, you know <laughs> – and it was it, it looked even cleaner when he had a few extra yards, yeah, man. Stanky leg, Chris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was so ready for yeah, that. He, dude, that was that was another freaking crazy part. We can sit here at halftime. The Chiefs had like a hundred yards or less passing yards. I don't remember. I just it was remember like that. Or something. It was something I remember that, that Travis had sixty yards. And second on the team was Jarek McKinnon was 12. No one else had more than six. Yeah, everybody else had like one catch. It was That's what they went into halftime with. Yeah. And then they were still able to put up 35, 38. Excuse half, me. Four scoring drive, three touchdowns, game winning field goal. Masterclass. No penalties, no offsides, no false mm-hmm. starts, no nothing. Okay. Masterclass well, in the second half. Man. You, you brought up the P word, so we got to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I thought it was weak. But I'm not complaining. I thought it was a weak call. I, you know, if I'm being honest, if it was reversed, I'd probably be a little annoyed. I wouldn't be a crybaby. Like it was clearly a hold. Like if if McDuffie did it and said, "Yeah, I held him," I wouldn't be sitting here crying to the world of my own player. Yeah, when you look at the play, play, I understand why people say it's ticky tack because you just like it was like one little tug. You're like, "All right, you can let that go." He did it twice. He did it twice. If we're being honest on the play. You can see a clear. You can like what the officials looking for. Like people were saying, the one in the first quarter on Juju yeah. that didn't get called. That set the precedent. Like that one missed call set the precedent for the rest of the game, which is BS, by the way. But also, like, it was maybe more obvious on the back end or from a certain camera angle. You didn't see the full jersey tug. Like, yeah. when you watch it, you could, the official can clearly see black glove, white jersey apart from his body. Exactly. Like, he's going to call it because he can That's- see it. You can't, as a DB, you're taught in those in those scenarios. And I'm not mad at Brad Bray for doing it. In no. those scenarios, you want your DBs to go be overly aggressive because, like he said, I thought they would have let that go. And most of the time they do. Everyone remembers the Super Bowl with the Ravens and the 49ers in 2012. And they let that call go. And Crabtree was calling for a call. Similar, it was actually a type of play like that. It was in the red zone. He was throwing mm-hmm. a ball to the back line. And Crabtree was looking at the ref like, where's the flag? Right. And they were crying for it. So it's that same type of situation. So as a DB, you're taught to be overly aggressive in those situations. But at the same time, if you're going to hold, you can't let him see it. And he held him once with his right hand. You double down and hold him again with your left. I'm like, all right, you could have got away with the first one. But yeah, you the, left one, the, the rep is on the sideline, so he sees your black glove mm-hmm. grabbing his jersey. So you kind of put yourself in that situation. And he didn't need to. He could have just kept running with Juju. Right, right. Yeah. Anyway. So that's on you. And we can't really talk about calls because, 
Y'all got the fumble scuba score overturned. That Dallas Goddard catch was debatable for me. I thought it was a catch. I yeah. had no doubt in my mind. He let but, it go and then came back, but eh, it's, it's, it's the letting it go part for me. That's all. Well, well, here's the other thing too is like the the biggest thing I've there were 63 passes thrown and there were no <laughs> defensive pass interference or holding calls until that one. It's like okay, but look at. There was only one other time I saw throughout the game to where it could have been called. It's like the same person when like the fouls in a basketball game are like twelve to four, and you're like, "Oh, you're calling it." Well, well maybe you're just not fouling. You know, maybe maybe they have oh, four fouls because that team's not fouling. Like that's that's just how the sports work. That's like the wildest not thing everything's even. Like not everything's where's even. The, where's the holding? Call? What you want people to hold? So you tell yeah. me they're not allowed to play good football? No, yeah. they're supposed to be holding. <laughs> Like, hey, that's so, Chris, that's so bad. People are used to holding call that they expect it every game. Right. Like, and there's nothing to call. They're like, where's the flag at? Why are you expecting holding every play? I want a clean game. I don't want to see exactly. holding flags thrown every other play. <laughs> there were only, what, nine total flags called? Two. Game. Six of them were pre penalty. There were two delay of gains, a couple of false starts. The Chiefs had an offsides or two. Like, there were only three total penalties that were. Um, Game yeah, changes, called during the well, no called. There were nine total penalties. Six of them were pre-snap. Yeah, that you can't avoid. So that the refs only called three. So like, clearly they were being lenient. Clearly they weren't trying to game. They just saw the jersey. It was a little weak in my in my opinion. I said that when I saw it live. But like, when the player admits it, when you can see two holds and you, like, just let it go. There were so many other reasons that the Eagles Absolutely. were in that position. So many other reasons. You they couldn't stop. Twenty-four points in the second. This defensive line was going to get pressure on our backup tackle. Yeah, that's what they tell me. They tell me Andrew Wiley's a backup. But he's going to get cooked this week by Hassan. Oh, right he was now. incredible. He had him out there like a dancing bear. He couldn't even get past him. So what are we trying to say now? So you keep telling me the DBs didn't need to hold or they shouldn't have made a call. Where's this pressure you were supposed to be getting? You had the most sacks in the NFL. Then why'd you have a donut on Sunday? Right. You kept telling me you were good. So our tackles have struggled this year, right? You told me you were going to eat them alive. I didn't see any sacks. So um, you're talking about your – why are you putting all the pressure on your DBs and your corners to cover when your D-line has been the reason you've gotten to this game and they didn't do their part? So whose fault is it really that you didn't get a stop? Dude, I annoyed the That's people. That's why I, I know was. you're 100% right, and I annoyed the people that I was watching the Super Bowl with because on the first time I saw them pancake – Wiley Pancake Reddick, I, I rewound it in the middle of the game. I was like, I got to see that again, man. Like, <laughs> well, there's a clip I posted on Twitter. It's like really like five minutes of all his plays. I, I, I retweeted it. I said, get back and enjoy the show. Just watch oh the show. Gosh, he put on was... a master class versus on Reddick. You know what? I'm the I most – there, there, There's not a better player on that offense line for it to happen to because this man had to play – What was it Was it right guard, right guard in the Super Bowl? He was the, he's the, only, he's the only lineman left from that – Tampa Bay Super Bowl. Yep. And uh, you know, he was part of he's basically part of the reason that Chiefs fans complained about that that loss, you know, being having a bad offensive line. Mm-hmm. And now Wiley moves out to right tackle. He's one of the first people Chiefs fans love to scapegoat when things don't go wrong, <laughs> when things don't go right. And that man had maybe the best game of his career in the Super Bowl against what the guy that finished fourth in defensive player of the year voting in Hassan Reddick. Hey, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear a bad word about Andrew Wiley for That's a really long good. time. Kansas City, like you can't talk. To he Andrew balled Wiley. out. He, he balled all out. All of our offensive linemen, their flowers. Trey they all Smith, did. Yeah, Reed, Wiley, Orlando, Joe. They need their flowers because all week, all season, they've heard the critiques about what they can't do. They're not going to be able to block these guys. They're too fast. We don't do well with speed rushers. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to block Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, Lou Anarumo is going to scheme you guys out of the game. We heard that all the past three weeks, Chris. Past two weeks, I ain't seen Pat Mahomes get touched too much. So 
and mm. he had a sprained ankle. So you can keep talking about this O line all you want, Chiefs Kingdom, but you got to give them their flowers today, bro. You got to give it up now. <laughs> I think there's a, there's only one more player that had a major impact. We could talk about every player individually. Everyone had a moment, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but the only other guy that really had an impact we have is is Pacheco, man. Pacheco had another oh, day, yeah. like he and he even pop got popped. And you know he was only oh, out for head. a play. He was only out for a play. Oh, but man, he, just how big has he been down the stretch, man? Just he he doesn't have to be the vocal point, but just being a weapon to give ten to fifteen times a game. It's just it has to be annoying as a defense trying to tackle his running. He's style. just so energetic, so much yeah. energy, and he didn't get going this year probably till like halfway through the season. So mm-hmm. for us to have this guy finish the season the way he did, all the rookies importantly, like you said, but more so pop. Imagine how much more confident he's going to be next year going into next training camp. We all remember the quote he said in this training camp of this year, I'm here to take a grown man's job. So finish this season away in the Super Bowl. I think he finished with a 1,000 yards total from scrimmage mm-hmm. to dominate the way he did in the playoffs this year. And every game he made a signature run, like breaking a tackle, getting in the end zone, just finishing plays going forward. Second half, we had no negative plays. And mainly that's because of him running and him jetting, finishing plays in the backfield. And just to be where these guys are at, I couldn't be prouder of him and jet because obviously we knew – me and you have been critical of them about this running back room. What did we say before the season? They're like, what, 30? Maybe like the 29th running back room in the league? Right. I, I, we were harsh on it. We were harsh, <laughs> we were harsh on them. So to finish the way they did, and we all know a running back position is kind of being devalued just because you can find starters like Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round. Yeah, You can exactly. find Jeremy Kinnon off free agency, a guy like that. So um, running backs are very hard to find or easy to find in, in nowadays game. So to see those guys produce the way they did, and really, those are the only two guys that played because Clyde was not active. Rojo didn't play. It was all pop and jet the entire game. So those two rolled them out. They got us here to this point. We let them finish the game. And it's, it's, it's so proud to see them guys finish the game the way they did because they've been through a lot this year for sure. Man, it was just an awesome feeling just like taking that. And it, I feel like my emotions never got too high or too low through the game. Mm-hmm. And, and, again, that just goes to Chiefs have been here before. Patrick Mahomes is the only quarterback that has two double-digit combined victories in the Super Bowl like going into halftime they were down 10 and the only team to blow a 10 point lead or more at halftime was the Falcons against Tom Brady like and even with all those numbers thrown out it's like and this team with this coach and this quarterback is I I never I never felt like the Chiefs were out of it the entire game and just to be world champs again for the second time I think this year only two quarter uh, Pat's the only quarterback with a win percentage of above 50% when you're down 10 points or more, the next quarterback is at 15%. Yeah, something crazy so, like that. When it when it's a 10 when it's a 10 plus lead past like 56% chance he's going to come back and win it. So, it's pretty much a done deal. He's going to at least finish the game the right way and the next quarterback is at like 15% chance to win the football game. So, we're down 10 like Chris said it's just you you can't doubt 15 ever and not even more so in the playoff game cuz you know how he acts when he turns up in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah. We can say dynasty now, right? I think we're allowed to say it. Well, that's so that's what seven straight division championships, yeah. five straight conference championships at home, might I add, three Super Bowl appearances, and two, two Super Bowl wins. Kind I of think like you got to count it. It sounds like a dynasty. I mean, people for what people throw this arbitrary number of you got to get three, and like that's I think because it's recently like the Giants won two, but they didn't make the playoffs hardly at all between. 07 so or one, yeah, 11 the, yeah. the the Steelers went to three from 05 to 10 won two of them but they kind of missed the playoffs a few years they switched coaches like they didn't really feel like a yeah, dynasty back since, yeah. this Chiefs team like yeah it's only it's only two 
instead of that magic number, you know, three, that way people say, but the, like you said, you already went over it. the dominance during this five year run. And you can go back even a little further if you want, but just looking at this five year run is as comparable to a dynasty as you can find in that short period of time. Like absolutely. If you know, heaven forbid something to happen, they never get back to it again. I still think we will look back at this five-year run and be like, that was the, the Chiefs most wins in NFL history yeah. in a five-year span. Yeah, exactly. They had, more, they had more than New England Patriots, who dominated for 20 years. In a five-year span, we have the most wins of any NFL team ever. So Exactly. There's no, there's, no, do. there's no gaps in the – like even some of those other teams have gaps in their dynasty to where like they didn't make the playoffs or they you know got in as a wild card and lost in the divisional round. Mm-hmm. Chiefs don't have any of that. Like, sure, they, they lost one of the Super Bowls, but they were in the AFC Championship every, every time year. during that, like – I mean, it's just it. It's it's kind of incra- It's kind of crazy to still wrap my head around that. Bro, it hasn't fully hit me yet. Me and Chris talking off air. I woke up because I was outside yesterday and I was very excited. And I was around the city and downtown. Casey was electric. Traffic was backed up for miles. People were literally losing their minds. And I woke up and I was just like, and I was. I took. I told. I told my boss I'm like I'm not working for the next like three days. So you might just. I'm no good to you this week. I promise you. I'm really, uh, I'm we don't good. all have that luxury. I, I can't like, bro. If I come to work, I'm gonna be a distraction. Like, don't let me come. To work. Oh my god. Make you mad. So just let me wait till the end of the week. So I woke up and I walked around the city and I went to the store and tried to grab some championship gear and to just see everyone's excitement, everybody running in and out grabbing stuff and everybody trying to get their sizes and everything. And then the parade route got announced today as well. I don't know if it's fully hit me yet. Mm-hmm. Once I get to the parade and I see everyone there, then I'm probably like, oh, oh man, they did win a second Super Bowl. Because, like, growing up, me and Chris talk about this all the time. We prayed for these moments. Like, oh my everyone gosh. saw the clip from Nick Wright today on Fox when he posted about his. Yeah, he was going crazy. Yeah, it's just like, I don't need to run it down. But we've had so many, so many, so many, so many bad games, so many bad endings in the playoffs for us. And a lot of them have been at home and on the road as well. But to be here in this moment, to have a chance to compete for five straight Super Bowls, and we actually got the three of them and finished the job and actually doubled up and got our second. And Chris, you think people are annoyed with us now? Guess where the draft is in about two, three minutes. I know. It's in <laughs> Kansas City. They just came here. We got like what was it, eleven picks? 12, or 12, is it twelve? Is it twelve? Yeah. Twelve picks in the in it as well. And it's like they just can't, can't, can't not gonna get, get rid, of, rid us, of us, man. <laughs> Already the betting favorite to win the Super Bowl next year, which I mean, as long as long as fifteen eighty seven and Reader together, you can't you can't not be the favorite. In Fact. my opinion, like they, 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 I think we overplay the doubt a little bit because everyone likes to be an underdog. You know, there's definitely <laughs> plenty of people picking against the Chiefs, but you know, it's a little overplayed. But still, this, if there was ever a year to where it was a little legit, this was the year. You Absolutely, know? this year. Big sure. rookie class, depleted secondary. Oh, by the way, you traded away maybe the best weapon in, in football. Like, it was kind of fair to be a little yeah, hesit- a little hesitant, you know, not necessarily say that they weren't going to make the playoffs like some people, but to mm-hmm. think there'd be a small drop off. I think that was a fair, fair judgment. And man, they were just the, basically the best team from start to finish, man. They should be the favorite every year going forward. Until the year, people said we wouldn't get 10 wins. We may not win the division. Yeah. We're going to be the third best team, not going to make the playoffs. And uh, not only did we finish with 14 wins, we got the one seed again. Yeah. Got home playoff advantage, won all of those games, got to the Super Bowl, won that, and we have 10 rookies playing. I think we had this, I think we were top three this year, and most rookies played during the whole season. Mm-hmm. Now we had the most rookie start in the Super Bowl and then finish it with a win. And now we have to double down with 12 picks again this year so we could have another class. And I don't expect us to keep those 12 picks. 
like me and Chris said, I think they may end up trading a couple of them and moving up. Yeah. So it may end up being like maybe nine or 10, not necessarily 12, but who knows? This offseason can go a lot of different ways. I think we have 60 mil in cap space. In cap space. Yeah, a lot. We got quite a bit. Um, and that's a lot of that's going to be going to Chris Jones, though. Yeah, so if we extend him, <laughs> we can get a lot of money to spread us out for years to come so we can help pay some other guys and keep some guys here. So the things I really want to definitely do this offseason is definitely pay Chris Jones for sure. And once we get that done, it's kind of a lot more flexible the rest of the way. And, but I, I don't want to – it's it's funny. I told Chris off air, you win a Super Bowl, and the first thing you start thinking of, all right, how are we going to do this? Again? How do we do it I'm again? Like, I want to enjoy the moment. We just won two Super Bowls in four <laughs> years. Like, why are we thinking about winning already? Oh, you know, the NFL is, man. The, day to, the minute the clock hits zero at a Super Bowl, you're immediately thinking about the next year. Right. That's what everyone else is doing. They're trying right. to get a head start, start thinking about the draft, free agents, everybody scouting. It's just like I just want to – as a kid from Kansas City, I just want to enjoy this moment. I'm going to start talking about the draft, I promise you. But right now, I just got to soak all this in because I prayed for moments like this growing up. And God rest my grandfather. So all my family are all Chiefs fans, and we would be very emotional when we won or lose. So to be in this moment now, and a lot of my family members have unfortunately passed, for us to have these moments of we're winning championships and we're in a – and like Chris said, dynasty mode, I never in my life would have said dynasty mode as a kid. Now I can actually say that legitimately now. So to just see the newspaper – and to see all the people around here wearing shirts, Chris, I almost cried. I ain't even gonna lie. I'll probably, I, I'm, I didn't cry after the game. I'm probably gonna cry at the, at the parade. Not you're gonna cry at the parade. When I see everybody there, I'm probably gonna cry. Cause at the first parade, I was like, this is the best day of my life. And now I get to do it again. And the weather's gonna be nice. Oh, I'm definitely gonna cry. I'm probably gonna cry. I ain't even gonna lie. Real men cry, Chris. I don't care. I'm a real Hey, hey, real men cry. I, 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 I have a sensitive side. I'm, I'm a real man. There you go. There you go. See, <laughs> I got, I got no issue with you crying. You know, um, I think. Yeah. Put a lot of time and, and effort into this team. Hey, and I'm emotional. It's emotional. It is emotional. But no, we'll definitely get into all. You know, there's a lot of offseason stuff to talk about yeah, uh, time, with the yeah, Chiefs, yeah, and and I think we're gonna try to keep this going. I'm kind of excited to see what my my, my draft expert here and CJ comes up with because I'm a little I'm a little I'm a little dry in that regard. I I, I trust on CJ. And he's gonna we teach go me the ropes on on what we got, what what's available this year, and so it's gonna I'm be a fun offseason. I'm gonna hit up Beach by A Beach. I got a there guy. We go. At the one more point before the game, at the end of the game, and we had the ball five minutes left. I was yeah. telling everyone at the watch party, we need to take a knee. They're like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Don't give them the ball back because we couldn't stop them all day the second half." Yeah. And for Jeremy McKinnon to slide and then Travis oh, Kelsey awesome. pointed his helmet, like that's a smart play. I'm sure they told him in the huddle. That's just so such awareness. And for Andy Reid and more, and like Chris, can we have a moment of respect for Eric Bieniemy? If not man the best offensive coordinator, arguably the best offensive coordinator in football. People talk about this man so bad last year. It's... And this time after we lost to the Bengals, throwing dirt on his name, the media ran with it, the local radio ran with it, Chris. It was in the newspapers, scapegoated him, talking about he's the reason they lost, blah, blah, blah. And for us to come back in this moment, for him to call the play to get us back on top to take the lead in the Super Bowl and then call another play that got us the extension of that lead as well. I just couldn't say enough about Eric Bieniemy. I already had love and had – Respect for him, and I just wish everybody in the media, but more so Chiefs Kingdom, would put some respect on this man's name. Man. Please stop trying to. I want him to have a head coaching job as well, but if the league's going to make their decisions, that's up to the owners. There's nothing we can do about it. I want to keep the enemy here as long as possible. If he would love to stay, I want him here. I don't want him to go. Obviously, I want better for him, but if he doesn't get the opportunity to be a head coach, don't disrespect him by making him be an offensive coordinator because he's not an offensive coordinator. He deserves to be a head coach. Everyone knows it. We know it. And I'm just glad. I'm just glad he's a Kansas City Chief, man. I'm, I couldn't be more proud of Eric Bieniemy, man. Give him his flowers for sure. Well said, man. I mean, it's just it's, it baffles me, and it's baffled me for 
or about three years into this now. I thought he was going to get it after they won the first Super Bowl because that's just kind of how it works for talented offensive coordinators. We we can dive into it more. We don't need to end the Super Bowl with all this talk. Yeah. With this talk but it, it is – no, no, he it well deserved. I'm just saying – I'm trying to be happy, but that topic just frustrates me because Bro, man. When, you when you when you made that tweet, I was like, I was being happy, and I was like, Jesus Lord, I remember the conversation yeah. just a year ago. It was you so was a scapegoat for the Bengals loss. It like, was disgusting. I was like, one person is the reason. I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, Pat had the worst half of his career, and we want to blame one guy for it. Like, Talk but about anyway, hey, Egyptian, huh? Talk hey, about he's a two-time Super Bowl champ now too. He gets Talk another to ring. Nice man, two-time. Chris there we go. So I mean, hey, smart NFL teams. If you want to want an educated and and successful offensive coordinator, I know we're in one to five. But hey, the rich get richer, so we got to keep them. Hey, if you want him as a head coach, just give us that comp pick. I believe it's a third rounder if you take him as a head coach. There you go. There we go. And we'll trade that for the next Kadarius, Tony. We got out there. (laughs) So, but uh, I think we're going to wrap it up here. CJ, where can the good people find you, man? Y'all can find me at Union Station. I'm outside on Wednesday, Chris. If you're in Kansas City, pull up at Union Station, man. We outside all day. You can skip school. You can skip work. You can skip all your obligations. Tell them CJ said, I, I'm I'm your call-out card. I'm the get-out-of-jail-free card. You don't got to go to work or school or whatever the case may be. Everybody go to Union Station, man, that Wednesday, man. Pull up. But no, in all seriousness, um, on Twitter, you can find me at CGZ81. That's CJEEZY81. I'm super excited. I'm definitely dehydrated. I was outside last night. I was drinking. Um, there you go. As, as you um, should be, man. I can't wait for Wednesday. I'm going to be ecstatic to say the least i'm getting there super early so if you see me don't be afraid to say hi please come up introduce yourself i love everyone i'm very likable i'll talk to any and everyone I'm taking all pictures i'm not signing any babies like travis kelsey said because we can't do <laughs> i don't think Actually, it's be I, don't, I don't want to get in, i don't want to get in trouble but <laughs> i think you need to make your twitter at at union station if it's available at union station so i say jabroni no i can't say jabroni to try no. to come on the show for man the show. I don't even know if I need to say where I'm at because it ain't as good as where CJ is going to be at. But uh, I'm getting Chris down here, people. He's coming. I'm going to get him down here. No, I'm not going to be in Kansas City. I will be home. But for Twitter takes, you can find me at 10penny88. Oh, and the after, don't forget the Aftermath Twitter page at Aftermath underscore KC. Um, doing a little bit more, being a little more active there from some from week to week. You know, we're busy. We're busy people. We can't always manage three twitter accounts but we do it we best. need some production team like the <laughs> we need yeah we we ain't, we ain't got enough, we ain't got enough listeners to have a production team we are the production team my friends we so. do everything around here so we can't pay you but if you want to apply i mean the position's open <laughs> oh my goodness but on that note job applications open but we'll talk talk to you next time we'll pay you with chief love <laughs> go chiefs see you guys later. Chiefs.